the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello, welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend Patrick O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winninger, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, this episode, you know, every episode is a gamble. I'll say that. Yeah. And this one, <laughs> this one was 7 or 11, right? I think I know how Craps is played. We- I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I wasn't a huge fan. Oh, no. Uh, well, luckily, we have Eric here today to help us out. Hey, guys. Uh, he loves this episode. I love this episode. Talking about the Royale. Man, it was kind of weird. <laughs> weird? I mean, I know that's kind of the point. We're talking yeah. about science fiction. It's fun. It is one of those crazy, wild, like, what are they even doing episodes? This is, I, I think this is actually one of the more straightforward episodes of is Star Trek. It? Well, there was, <laughs> like, the, the early seasons, too, especially, oh, yeah. like, you know. There wasn't, like, it wasn't confusing. I'll say that. I definitely knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a compliment. No. <laughs> did it? Did it, you? Did you mean for it to be? Or oh, did I was you hoping for at least something nice. About I'm this really episode. excited to, to talk to you guys. <laughs> like, like, let's get into it, and I want to hear exactly how you felt, Pat. Well, okay, you about, will. About, but about first, uh, we're gonna do Patrick's log. Yes. Well, I got or a wait, fun fact. You got a fun fact? Fun fact. Uh, I mean, it's not that fun. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be the judge First of, of all, there's a lot of controversy behind this script that I'm not going to get into, but it's pretty crazy. Oh, Look it up on Memory Alpha <laughs> about who wrote it and pseudonyms and all sorts of, of stuff. Uh, but I think my favorite fun fact is um, the mission patch on the dead astronaut was actually the same patch uh, that was used on Apollo 17. Oh. And they just took out the word Apollo. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they also, uh, <laughs> I think I was saying earlier, like, they also named it Charybdis, like the mission that it was, mm-hmm. which is a... Uh, Terrible mission name. Yeah, really bad mission name. <laughs> really? That's like a whirlpool that eats people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Greek, Greek mythology, yeah. Scylla and Charybdis were the original yeah, like, that was rock the other one. in the hard place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a terrible thing to name any kind of mission. No wonder the telemetry failed. <laughs> yeah. No wonder. No wonder doomed. everyone died. Yeah. This came out March 27th, 1989, mm. and that that was the week of Easter. Oh, so there's a lot of Easter stories. Uh, the Pope just gave his uh, Urbi at Orbi, uh, which is like the Easter address that he does. But this is really cool. So uh, this is the first relatively open election in the Soviet Union. Uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, Gorbachev was really trying to get his reforms... Um, okayed by the general public and so yeah like the communist party won but it was like the reformer uh faction um but one interesting thing that happened is that there's the space station uh the soviet cosmonauts sent in absentee ballots from space oh that's awesome and that was like the first time that that happened whoa yeah so like 
the votes just crashed to earth. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm not. And they had to go get them out of like an ocean. Or, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe they just emailed them. I, yeah, I th- actually, <laughs> I mean, they did email. have email. Um, yeah. they 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 just kind of like wired their votes via that's secret ba- ballot. So yeah, that's pretty much all that was going on. All right, slow news week. It was Easter. The Pope's talked about it. Yeah, and- that's pretty much all the Pope ever does on Easter. <laughs> he didn't come out and say like this sucks. Easter's bullshit. He's not going to give out. That's going to be yeah to all the orphan children. Right? right yeah, that would be news. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to ask you, Eric, how big of a Star Trek fan are you? Uh, big fan, but I will admit to being a more recent one. Oh yeah. Uh, so I watched. Uh, my girlfriend actually got me into uh, TNG. Um, probably two thousand and. 12 or so so i've only been around star trek fans and star trek fandom for like four years but uh i loved it i just uh kind of it hooked me right away i watched all of next gen uh fortunately over you know netflix for the most of it but afterwards went into voyager and watched all of that oh uh, how did you how could you do that well i you know I all won- of voyager well <laughs> yeah all of Voyager, hey man, there's some there's some good episodes. All right, you got to yeah. point me to them. I fell <laughs> off. I can't. I fell off like season three. Oh, that's that's your big mistake. Why? That's there's so many good episodes in the later years. Okay. And you also do they pro- kill Neelix? I'm, I'm, not spo- they, I'm not going to spoil anything. If they did, I would Neelix cheer. is great. Neelix no has way. A, anyway, Neelix has an arc. Okay, but this is about be, next year. <laughs> did, okay, but did you leave before seven of nine? Yes. Oh yeah, that was that was also your biggest mistake. So oh, huge mistake, two Pat. huge mistakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 no. So I so all of Voyager, all of TNG, and uh, so I'm I'm actually going through uh, DS9 now, which everybody says it's fantastic. Is, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Speaking of fantastic, let's get into this episode. Yes, please. the Royale. Yeah. So it starts off kind of normal, like they have to investigate a planet, Theta 116, mm-hmm. and like some Klingon cruiser is like, hey, there's a weird ship there. You should uh, <laughs> check that out. <laughs> they're like they were going to some other mission and they, you know, got sidetracked by this. Uh it's apparently over this really inhospitable planet made out of methane or something. Uh Jordy is scanning it and he keeps calling it nasty. Yeah. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> nasty boys. They don't mean a thing. Uh, it's it's like totally inhospitable. It, it has has like liquid neon. It's like that no one can live on this shit. Riker is, you know, scanning the planet and all this stuff, and he goes and talks to Captain Jean-Luc Picard, where Picard is talking about uh, Fermat's last theorem, you know. Drinking some Earl Grey tea. Drinking some Earl Grey tea and talking about this math problem that no one has ever been able to solve. And it's like his hobby, in addition to archaeology, in addition to fencing (laughs) and Shakespeare and whatever other weird... He's got a lot of hobbies. Yeah. It's his hobby to try to solve this thing. So... Uh, he has like some philosophical point about it. It's like it's fascinating that uh, some some math and well, ho- so, ha- hang on, that point's actually fairly important for the for the rest of the story. I think the plot of the story, uh, and and it's just that that this guy, you know, before he died, Vermont notated that that he had solved it, but didn't provide any of his like findings. And, right, and and so the the mystery is that this voice from long ago is reaching out saying. You know, this is doable, but there's so, you know, in all the technology that's come since, they haven't been able to replicate it. Yeah. And that's like the uh, analogy for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying it, I don't think it's actually as strong as I thought it was. Well, the connection between it would be stronger if, and I will get into this later, the episode is based around a purposefully terrible story. Oh, well, I, I, they keep I, winking at the bad story. Yeah, yeah. But now we're watching a show with a bad story. 
I want to pause on the math equation real quick, though, because you had a fun fact about that, right? Oh, yeah. It was actually, so it was solved uh, in 1995, uh, according to... (laughs) (laughs) So the entire timeline of Star Trek is completely destroyed. No, 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 no. Wait, Star Trek can't be real! Can't be real. They solved Uh, for Matt's problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it had been, uh, you know, I think it had been like 300 years at the time of the uh, writing of the episode, but it was 800 years in the episode where they're like, 800 years, we haven't solved this. And uh, apparently it was solved in 1995. The cool thing is, though, it actually got a shout-out. This, this error, which could just be written off by all of Star Trek forever, uh, <laughs> was actually, I guess, re-referenced in an episode of Deep Space Nine, uh, season three, episode 25. Apparently they go back to it. I don't quite know. I'm not there yet on my rewatch. But they actually point out that the uh, theorem was... I don't know a proof was found and they kind of try and justify this <laughs> this one mistake from TNG yeah. uh, in the Royale which I just love so now this episode is is even more flawless. Well does it does it also like civilization as we know it completely end uh like 30 years from where we are right now? Yeah, third world war right? Oh, yeah, clear cool. Really looking into, forward like, to that. The, yeah, and yeah. famine and all sorts of bad stuff. Hell happens. yeah. That's but from be that great. emerges uh the federation. Yeah, but we we all die. We're in the dark timeline. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Riker and Picard talk about that math problem, and then Riker says, oh, by the way, we found this debris. Um, we got to beam it aboard. I love this. We saw some garbage in space, so let's beam it aboard. <laughs> this is like There's the, got to be so much garbage floating out there I all know, the time. But around this planet? I well, guess. I guess. <laughs> this well, is what they were called to do. Yeah, like this the, is what the Klingons saw. This is what basically. the Klingons the, the Kling, saw. The Kling, the Kling, A piece of garbage. Yeah. Well, well, Why did they inform what? us like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> some trash over by this planet. You did, were they like pranking them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Klingons had a lot of fun with this one. They hey, there. <laughs> should go uh, pick that trash up. There's got to be so much trash floating around out well, there. Well, so the, yeah, but then they go to the transporter room and Miles O'Brien is there. And, uh, Boo, yeah. Oh, Miles yeah. Uh, and they beam aboard a piece of a NASA vessel. It's got NASA on it. It's got an American flag, and it's like... 52 stars. 52 stars on it, yeah. And I think you also pointed out that the NASA logo had changed, right? Yeah, so that was updated in 1992. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is... Like oh, so many holes in it. Man, well, you so know what? Potholes. 2035, which I think is where this uh, shuttle came from, was a year of throwbacks. <laughs> yeah, they were going for the retro so, look. Even the, So they were about, I mean, this was the, apparently from the episode, the third manned shuttle that was trying to leave the solar system. And so they thought, with all this progress that's happening, we need to... Let's throw it all let's back. Let's throw it all back <laughs> with these old logos and the thing. Look, man, the props department had other things to, uh, to work on in this episode, clearly. Hey, we, we're kind of giving them a hard time because they... Couldn't actually predict the future. Yeah, oh. I guess <laughs> that's kind of their job, though. It kind of ruins the show, doesn't it? <laughs> so, I do just, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I think you're right. They they can't predict the future. I know. Kind of lame. As sci-fi John Champion writers. told me, Star Trek is fiction. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. Uh, so in the conference room, uh, Data's like. Well, I mean, this is definitely an Earth ship. This isn't like a mirage or something. We checked. That's <laughs> happens. Like that happens sometimes. And Picard is like, "Well, it's impossible. Like, how did it get here? Th- this is never explained, by the way." Oh, it's totally explained. Mm, is it's expl- it? It's actually explained twice. Wait, the aliens sent them there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they go back to first about how it was trying to leave the the orbit and stuff, but then I they, thought, 
They actually suggest that the aliens killed all the people accidentally by transporting them. Oh, I thought they just got an infection from it. I kind of missed that part. Well, yeah. um, anyway. Yeah, we're getting called it a contagion or something. Yeah. Well, that's how Richie described it in his when they, you know, read his diary. He's oh, like, oh, it's a contagion. But okay. It could have just been the meth. I mean, it could have been anything. That makes sense. So, yeah, they're arguing about how, like, I, I don't understand how <laughs> this got here. This is yeah. super weird. Oh. Why? At least they addressed, how did this garbage get here? Yeah, yeah. they they address the 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 real issue though, which is that they're light years and light yeah, years and light years away. from like too far away from Earth. It would have had to have been hundreds of thousands of years old to get out this far. Yeah, if it were traveling at any kind of you know sub impulse. Yeah, speed. Yeah. yeah, and they don't they don't know like what destroyed it except data points as like whatever blew it up was our technology, like which is awesome. Yeah, stuff from our time blew it up, so it is. Uh, hundreds of years old and was destroyed by something from the present day. Which points to... Guys, what, that? what which, happened? It, it means either time travel or it means that the, the what I think you're supposed to take out of it is that the civilization that destroyed them with their energy was weapons... Was advanced. Was advanced. And so is therefore like present day even more advanced. You know what I'm saying? Like 300 years ago, they were at the level where the Enterprise is at now you yeah. know, with energy weapons. Then it, it follows that... They're much yeah. more advanced now. And it also works for the plot of the episode when they discover like what the place is. Yeah. And what the place is, is Wesley finds this building on the frozen plateau of methane, which... <laughs> which, as you do. That's, yeah. That's as, where you bet... The, <laughs> yeah. As if Jor- I were to build a structure on this planet, it would be on a spot. frozen... Yeah. yeah. Which, as Jordy frozen points plateau. out... Frozen plateau. Yeah. Jordy points out it is a nasty planet. Nasty. <laughs> nasty boys. Uh, like, it's like an Earth, 20th century Earth building, and, and it is in the middle of nowhere, but is surrounded by breathable air in a planet made out of methane. Mm-hmm. Everyone is very confused about this, but the only way to you know figure out what's going on is send an away team. Uh, Riker, Worf, and Data are going to beam down in this like little narrow little bubble mm-hmm. where they can survive. Love this away team. This is, Love this combination. This is a, this power is a solid. Team. This, this is, is a solid away team. Yeah, and they do a good job together uh, throughout this whole episode. They each the yeah, chemistry is great. They really bring their own mm-hmm. to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like where they are is in the middle of nowhere. It's always very uh, convenient that every time they beam down, they don't have to have spacesuits, <laughs> and they're on a soundstage somewhere. Well, it is funny that no planet has cities. Yeah, like when they're discovering planets, there's you very rarely are in like an intense urban center. Right, even it's if it is a vast wasteland or like one hut. <laughs> it's like the same desert. They always go. They go to the same red desert. Yeah. Uh, and then this was just a blacked out sound stage. This was, yeah, there's like... <laughs> With a door. <laughs> there's like a green storm around there. And it was great. They said that it's like we're in the eye of a hurricane. Yeah. But it's stationary. Right. And it's a bubble. Yeah, they, it's, everything is black, and they see this uh, revolving door in front of them. I love this. This is great. <laughs> I, the, this part was actually kind of cool. Uh, it was great in a Star Trek... Yeah. 80, late 80s television show kind of way. Yeah, I mean, because it's just weird. Yeah. It, it's... It's like a fever dream. They see this constantly spinning revolving door. They don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. Because they're... They don't know how to use doors. They don't know how to use revolving doors. That's my favorite fan theory. The whole, they can't use doors. Oh, that's how, why they can't get out? <laughs> yeah, Eric came up with it. Yeah, they just, <laughs> oh, you know what? Because they walk in and they're kind of... I, don't, I couldn't tell if it was a trick with the camera where they kind of sped up the, when they're not out of camera They just shot. kept going through the door They the just kept way. going through the You're right. <laughs> it's like, you just don't know how to use a door, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but they see it and they're just like, well, um, 
pretty much the only place we can go to. Yeah. Guess we got to go through that door. And they are kind of confused on how it works because, you know, it's an antique. But when they get in, <laughs> it is this uh, casino lobby. From the 20th what? century. Yeah. How's that possible? I don't know. Places hopping, too. Yeah, yeah. It's full of people, like living people, oh, apparently. Yeah. Riker crushing hard right away. He checks out a lady, like, immediately. <laughs> this bellboy is just like, you got to go to the front desk. He's like, all right. And he's like, starts checking out women. Uh, Riker is a huge creep. And. Uh, oh, he's just a masculine man. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a total horn dog throughout this whole episode. <laughs> uh, not as much as Texas. Not as much as Texas, no. But he's not a well. We'll get into we'll Texas. get into that. Two things are important. Is this is like from some weird noir novel? Uh, the situation that they're in, you can tell right away because they start talking to the front desk guy, and the music starts, and there's like this saxophone music, like, and he's just like, "Oh, you're the foreign." dignitaries or whatever and he is like creeped out by them and they ask like what planet they're on and he's like <laughs> what are you talking about uh, i love this joke earth what do you call it it's like and warp is like theta 8 h <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like he's interrupted by this bellboy he's like did rita call it's like i told you not to mess he immediately changes to like this 1940s gangster guy oh yeah and and that he- bellboy just interrupts time with a customer right to talk about some real personal shit well, yes. to, to, at the front to be, desk to be fair to be fair he says excuse me and he takes him a little bit aside <laughs> yeah i think the goal i think the goal is obviously for them to still over here but they're just kind of standing there too like he's helped them he's given them their room keys their complimentary chips and they're just yep. kind of staying around they like, never said thank you once yeah these what are the, jerks! These yeah. are the kind of conversations you get if you just kind of linger a little bit longer than you should. Oh yep. man, I got to start lingering. Yeah. Life would be so much more exciting. You learn so much more about everybody around you. <laughs> you just linger. In I wonder yeah. how much just drama there is. I'm just in a, in a hotel lobby at any time of day. Yeah, there's probably a lot more drama. <laughs> um, but especially so in this, especially place. this yeah. one because it is super weird. But they cannot contact the Enterprise. And right away, Riker is supposed to turn back. And he knows this. Data tells him so, though. Yeah. Up, he, until, up until this point in the episode, though, they've done everything by the book, right? Yeah. They did a lot of really good investigation before they <laughs> went in. They didn't just kind of barge down there. Yeah, rolled their perception checks and but, did it. But Riker is just kind of, well, he's amused, as Troy says. And yeah. He wants to, <laughs> yeah, he wants, amused. Amu- the woman in the red dress, did you see her? She's yeah, she's very amusing. So to Riker, Riker is just horned up. And Dude. he's like, i got to stay here. Yeah. And, like and they immediately tell him we have to leave, right. which they should have done. Yes, and he's like, "No, I gotta. We gotta investigate." Like you know, this isn't gonna go well. They are here, to, though. To be fair, to seek out you know new life, new civilization. Yeah, like, like I know. following the the narrative that they've been thrust into is pretty much their, it, it, they their are primary, doing their job. You know, yeah, they me- should run away and then. Blast it! Well, it wouldn't have made any difference if they had right away, <laughs> know, right? Exactly. So it's like, well, yeah. it would have only escalated. I, I think, you know, the plot mechanic-wise, at this episode, it's exposed that they do need time to uh, on the ship to figure out how to communicate with these guys. So they right. can't actually discover the colonel's body. They can't discover the diary until, you know, 20 minutes into the episode because it would just be over too quick if they if they did. So they kind of just linger in the lobby and they... <laughs> they Listening in on conversations and kind well, of... Well, they introduce you to the major characters. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah. But Which, you got plenty of time because it's a bad pulp novel. Yeah. yeah. 
you don't need to. It doesn't take long to learn about these characters. It doesn't take long <laughs> to figure out what's going on. But they're like they're scanning around, and no one is alive. They're like they're not life forms. Are they robots? Yeah, they don't know if they're robots. <laughs> they, they don't know what they are. But then this guy, you know, this kind of Texas billionaire in a big. Name Texas. Com- name, name Texas comes name up Texas. and he's like, "Oh, you sound like my ex-wife." <laughs> Time to get down to business. And, business, business. And Data is very confused by the word business. Uh, and I what, like it. I'm gonna start using it more. Yep. Business, business. It's kind of hard to say. They're not really sure what's there. They know that they don't have DNA with but, their tricorder. That they with the tricorder is that what that is? Uh, well, they they yeah, this is using like a medical yeah. Tricorder, I guess, yeah. to, to scan it. Okay, I don't really know what that is, but it's, it's the scan like, thing. Yeah, it's the scan thing. They either pull out the phaser thing or the scan thing. When they pull out they're, the scan thing. They're two thing. tools. Yeah, all right. <laughs> pretty much. It's Data, all you need. It's yeah. like having your cell phone in your wallet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But Data... You shoot people with your wallet. As you said that, though, the cell phone and the wallet are becoming sort of one, right? I know, These yeah. Days. It's uh, pretty exciting. In the future, you won't need a wallet. You won't, you won't need a phaser and a tricorder. You'll just need one. Yeah, you know. Your tricorder's going to shoot. People. It shoots things and scans them. Try not to Convergence. mix it up. Convergence. Yeah. But Data is yeah. really... Hold on, i got to take a call. <laughs> shoot your face off. Data is really uh, intrigued about whatever the hell business is. So he follows this Texas guy to a table. And I, I guess... You know, he's going to gamble. But then back on the Enterprise, Picard is trying to find a status report. Wesley and Jordy are trying to find... Uh, they're trying to do the fix-it thing to figure out how to get contact back. Because mm-hmm. they can't talk to the away team. You know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Uh, but what they can do is kind of get a signal through Troy. Because she can seek out emotions. Yep. Yeah, her beta Z uh, gifts are are penetrating this methane, hydrogen, whatever barrier that yeah. even the transporters can't. Which that has already been proven to be a thing that she's capable of doing in the yeah. very first episode. But all that yeah. she's able to say is like, Riker is amused. That's it. <laughs> That's all we know. He's not scared. He's amused. Right. We, we uh, The only <laughs> connection that we have is we know how amused Riker is. Throughout this episode, she could just track his arousal. I think that's so, it because they've been. Yeah, she she I was think. trying to find a nice way of saying horned up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just tell Picard's like, yeah, uh, uh, Riker's Rikers. all horned up right now. <laughs> well, one of their one of their options to get them back too, and they they talk about this later, but is to like punch a hole through the methane and try and get it out. But they risk like flooding the entire place with methane, which would kill them instantly. And yeah, like, you know, so like I think should have brought space. She should yeah, have brought their spacesuits. Space yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But they like, never so do Troy, that. They get. I think like in, in terms of economy, though, of dialogue, like this, like Picard gets out, like just what he needs to know to mm-hmm. not barge in there. You know, to right. not be worried. And 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 the guys down on the planet can still, you know, kind of work on figuring out what's actually going on. So yeah, totally. I think yeah. it works. Yeah. Hey, but, as long as Riker's amused, things are going fine. Things are all right. <laughs> but uh, one thing that they do ask is, Picard is like, do we think an intelligent being created this? Like, what happened? And Jordy is like, I don't know. Yeah, we're just trying to reestablish contact. So they're busy hey working man, on that. Let me figure out this complex sequencing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. I'm doing all the work here. You're just pacing up to me over and over again. Yeah, that's Wesley's doing all the work there. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take two of them to figure out one answer. Yeah. Uh, well, for Mott's theorem, took 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> Not good problem solvers. No. All right. 
Uh, back in the hotel, Data is hanging out with Texas at a blackjack table. Texas is there with a much younger woman, and they're they're like explaining blackjack to him. Mm-hmm. And he accesses his data banks and <laughs> he explains <laughs> blackjack to this guy. He's like, "Yes, that's correct. That's what blackjack is." <laughs> uh, it was to tell the audience, I guess, if they don't know what blackjack is. Yeah, but they explain what the rules are, and they go through the scene where he's going through the probability and uh yeah it's like the point is he's good at gambling because he's a computer yeah i think it's interesting that they set him up at the blackjack table here and then we revisit the blackjack table Mm -hmm. and then the big gambling scene at the end is craps yeah that was weird why did we see so much blackjack yeah well i i think too like maybe it's a data character thing because um he's still even though he knows all the rules of blackjack and his uh, expert crack card cutter, you know, with his with his <laughs> yeah, single a, hand. It was probably a, a hand double, to be yeah, honest. But right. we didn't um, see his face. Yeah, you just paint him white, and it can be anybody's hand. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Um, but no, uh, the Texas asks him at one point. He's like, "Are you one of those card counting folks?" And Data has a line. And it's like uh, the the number of uh, cards is uh, fixed. W- what would be the point of counting them? So he's very like innocent, you know. He's not really trying to game the system until later. That's exactly what they have to do. Yeah, right. So like, I think it's really more of a data growth moment where you kind of look into his character and you're like, oh, he's not, you know, just here to abuse this. He's actually just genuinely curious, wants to play, do, doing yeah. what he's doing, you know, finding out more about these people, which is the mission. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was funny that he asked if it's poker because he actually knows how to play poker. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because he does that on the ship. That started very recently, though, right? Right. Like it did. Two yeah. Ago. yeah. Yeah. But it's it's funny that they just like yeah they just never play blackjack. I wonder if it's because it's like too simple. Well, uh-huh. and it's uh, the table versus the dealer. Oh yeah. Instead of like, instead of playing. yeah, cooperative yeah. kind of yeah yeah. So and they, and they don't have money. One thing that I thought <laughs> yeah, they, don't, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't believe in money. So <laughs> they have chips. Who knows what they represent? They never <laughs> tell us. But one thing I thought was funny is that. These weird rednecks are always warming up to Data. Yeah. Like, Sonny loved Data. Yeah, I it's love like, Sonny. This guy's... Co- I love... Sonny's one of my favorite Star Trek characters. Uh, <laughs> and... Which Sonny? Who's he from? Sonny... Sonny Clemens. Sonny Clemens, the country music star that, like, gets unfrozen. <laughs> oh, the guy from the past who's in the far yeah. future. In the- yeah, yeah. And he's just a weird lech that loves to drink and play guitar. <laughs> yeah. and I remember it, this guy now. And, like, he brings up a good point. No one has any fun here. Yeah, why is this so lame? <laughs> this is so boring. We could party. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so... This Texas guy loves data. He like puts his hat on and is like, this guy's cool. And he's not even real, but I don't know why they're always like attracted to robots. Like, I'm gonna hang out with this guy. I think it's the uh, sense of innocence. That he's impressionable. He's right. impressionable. And, and, and these guys want to take him under They're his trying wing. to corrupt like, data. Tex- yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> with their nefarious musical or gambling ways. Yeah. So data's having a good time. Uh back on the ship, Picard is still trying to figure uh out what is going on. But I think Here's also where we learn only some of the characters are like written who like communicate. Some of the other characters aren't. Yeah. Uh, they're just, you can't communicate with them at all. You know, that's interesting. But yeah, because Data goes up to the two women on the slot machines, yep. the older women, and they don't really seem to like yep. react to him. And Riker, for some reason, has a little, is a little timid about yeah. how he approaches some of the yeah. characters. Yeah, no, well. yeah, some people talk and some people do not say anything. Yeah, it's not like uh, Westworld. Have you guys been watching that at all? I, have I haven't yet. Do they have like NPCs? Oh yeah, they're everywhere. So like, if you interact with anything, it like pulls you into a different adventure. Anyway, don't want to talk too much about Westworld. Great show, <laughs> yeah, three different cool. podcasts, yeah, yeah. but um, uh, similar kind of 
fantasy setting to this episode. Maybe this was the inspiration for Michael Crichton. That's oh, man. Gonna... Westworld came out in, like, uh, he wrote that in, like, the 70s. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> maybe Westworld inspired a draft. Yeah, maybe they wrote this song. But, yeah, they, uh, uh, Picard and Jordy and Wesley, like, they kind of figure out what's going on. They're like, well, there's a weird random nature to this bubble. And Picard is like, ah, this is just like that math problem I was talking about earlier. <laughs> See, it ties back. it back in, ties <laughs> it back in, and <laughs> that that lets Jordy like run some calculations through the computer. They do some computer shit because Picard remembered some stuff with the math problem. <laughs> it's basically what happens. <laughs> the thing is, no one at any point tells Picard. This is impossible, right? It's, right. Ne- yeah. it's never, we cannot get through to them. They sent them in there. There's an understanding that this, there's a real mission happening right now, everybody. <laughs> Regardless of how much fun Riker's having, <laughs> Troy could tell you all about it. And like, the answer is, we'll, we'll find the answer. Like, they're just looking for the right buffer frequency or whatever it is to communicate with the away team. Fully confident that maybe that, you know, they could actually figure out what it is, that there's, there's an answer. Yeah. And that's that's kind of that's what I like about this episode. And even now, like in getting into the plot and stuff, it seems like it would be like a hundred hour long episode. They keep can't being able to communicate with each other, but like it's all about finding that and yeah. kind of a slow discovery. I don't and they know. are yeah, like cool. able to get kind of a couple bars on their cell phone, basically to <laughs> kind of like talk through like a cloudy uh, frequency to communicate with them. So they yeah. are you know eventually able to do that, yeah. but. The away team cannot find out how a revolving door works. They can't get out of this place, no matter what they do. Yeah, they keep walking to the door and then walking right back in. Uh, Eric, I'm going to go with your theory on this. They just don't know how a revolving door works because they have the camera on them. They yeah. don't even bother to do any camera tricks. They keep going around. I really think there's a little camera trick, a little bit of like a cut, silent cut. But you know, where it's why? Like, they, it, they screwed it up then because they, they just watch them go around in the revolving door. And it's like, yeah, they, they should just, have like they didn't it exit. or something. Yeah. They didn't know how to, it's like a Three Stooges. <laughs> they didn't leave the building. You guys. Well, Warf, Warf also tries getting out, right? He tries the brute force. Yeah, he tries to blast a hole in the wall. Because it's a wooden paneled wall. It's like you think you'd just be able to blast a hole through it, but you can. Yeah. Yeah. And so, this, yeah, this is when they're like trying to talk to the NPCs, but they don't have any lines. So like they, they don't talk to them. So they can't get out. They're trapped, is what we know. Data has similar luck. He's not able to get out either. Um, but this is where they're able to kind of get through to the away team. So the Enterprise now know what's going on. Uh, down on the surface of the planet, they're able to know what's going on in the Enterprise. Mm. Another thing that Troy says, like, uh-oh, he's gone from horny to scared. Um, <laughs> he See, feels trapped now. For all they know, he could have been having some sex. And then the lady turned into a praying mantis. Like, they have no clue what's going on. Well, I guess Riker just got them into this dumb mess. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I think, doesn't Picard say that at one point? It's like he wasn't following protocol. Yeah. Yeah. He should have left right away. Although he's too brash. He still wouldn't have known how to use a door. That's true. They would have been stuck no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, they can't phaser their way out. They can't brute force their way out. They can't go through a revolving door because they don't know how it works. Got him. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to make it. But then we see a cut of the bellboy getting a revolver out of a drawer and like putting it into his uh, pocket. The manager has this like very overwritten scene, but I know that's the point. Overwritten dialogue about like, none of this is going to work. It's not going to get Ricky, Rigo, Mickey. Rita away from oh, Mickey Rita. D. Yeah. Mickey D is the bad guy. 
but the bellboy is not listening to him, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this guy. <laughs> it's a tragic case of love that could never yes. be. I just, yes. yeah, I just, I'm like, I, I can't care about these people because they're supposed to be written poorly. Like, that trope is just taking me out of this episode. Why? They're trapped in a shitty novel. Right. Noir with, yeah. like, the jazz. Pulp, yeah, pulp, it's just pulp, bad. Pulp. <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be bad, but it is still bad. Right. You get what I'm saying? But they're aware that it's bad. So I they know. Get they to keep winking wink at the, at the camera. camera. Uh, the, I, I think you guys are missing the, the, the point. The revelation for me changes everything on it and put it puts it on its head. Okay. okay. Well, we're, we're, we're getting to that. Yeah, we're yeah. getting there. And then we can really get into into how awesome this world is. Yeah, 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 because it's so awesome. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, so they talk to the manager. They're trying to find a way out. The manager is like, uh, the exits are clearly marked. I don't see what your problem is. <laughs> Which, by the way, that actor, uh, I don't know if you guys recognize him from Lost. He played Bernard on Lost. Oh, my oh, God, wow. really? Yeah, that's that guy. Uh, oh. S- Sam Anderson. Uh, I thought he looked familiar. Name. Yeah, he's, he's totally uh, Bernard. Lost. Oh wow! Uh, except a younger and yeah, you know, younger. suit clad and yeah, <laughs> that's why I didn't recognize. Not him. just hanging from a airplane seat in the tree, but oh man, not I thought he was familiar. Like, like some of my favorite Star Trek episodes have <laughs> lost actors in them. But uh, at this point, Data uses his tricorder uh, and he finds uh, some scan of human life, like several floors up. Mm. So they go to the <laughs> turbo lift. They go to the elevator, they call it a turbo lift, and they try to walk into it, and the doors <laughs> are open. Just... <laughs> I really do like when they try to go through old-timey doors, and they don't open, and they don't, There's they don't almost a thud. There's not a thud. He doesn't, like, walk into it, but Worf really expects it to just, and it's like, huh? And Data goes up and Well, it's like, like the reflex, you know? Yeah. When the door doesn't open, then Data has to just push the button, and then it opens up. Yeah. It's like... Huh. Except they went through an old-timey door to get here. You'd think context clues would kick in. Well, it's different. The revolving is a different mechanism. Than the, than <laughs> Which they've proven they can't use. Yeah. <laughs> but they uh, they take the turbo lift up a few floors, and they keep following the signal, and they get to a hotel room. Yeah, Going to the like hotel room. It's a Holiday Inn in there. It's, it looks like a little Holiday Inn, and they get some signal that's under the covers. There's a bulge under the covers. Pull it back, <laughs> and it's a skeleton. It's a spooky skeleton. Human skeleton. A human Human uh, remains. Human remains. It's super old looking. Yeah, and Data says this is a human male. Uh, Riker is like, well, apparently <laughs> uh, he died in his sl- <laughs> he died in his sleep. And Worf is like, oh, that's a terrible way to die. Oh, awesome. See, how about that in series continuity? How about yeah. that? Huh? That is pretty cool. Perfect yeah. dialogue for Worf right there to say in that moment. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Data <laughs> is able to find out. It's like this guy was uh, two hundred eighty three years old. This body is. Um, not that he died when he was 283, but that's how old the remains are. They go through his stuff uh, in the closet, and they find an old astronaut's uniform. Grave robbers going on. Yeah. There's actually a Hawaiian shirt in there, too. I didn't notice that. <laughs> For Casual Friday. Casual Friday. <laughs> casual Friday on the space station. Yeah. But they find his name is uh, Colonel S. Ritchie, mm-hmm. and they're able to contact the Enterprise. Their signal's a little better now. They got a couple more bars. They ask them to do a scan on it, and they find that's like, oh, he was on this uh, ship called the Charybdis. A terrible name for a ship. It's a terrible <laughs> name for a ship. It's just, yeah, it's uh, on the SS, uh, the SS terrible explosion. Uh, yeah. The SS Kraken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just commanding the SS 911. Uh, <laughs> no It's way. just the numbers that were in the uh, sequence. Uh, 
I don't this see what's weird skip, about that. This is why you skip floor 13 on, in yep. hotels. Right. And, uh, you just don't invite that kind of disruption. <laughs> exactly. But the other thing that they find is uh, they go through the uh, the shelf where normally the Gideon's Bible is, and they find a book called Hotel Royale mm. and a diary entry. The plot Colonel thickens. S. Ritchie. Yeah. yeah. So this is the twist. So <laughs> it turns out the crypt is launched in 2037. And it was a, an attempt to leave the solar system, but they never heard from it again. And they go through this book and the diary entry. Data like scans it into his brain. So he kind of figure out like, oh, what is in this book is in this hotel, which is super weird. But they figure out that through this diary, there's some alien contaminant that killed everyone but him. And the aliens have apparently because they found this book on the ship, they're like, well, this must be what humans like. We're just going to make a little a little life for this guy uh, inside this shitty book. <laughs> and this is basically what Richie is saying. It's like, this book is terrible. They make me live through it. I don't blame them because they think that they were helping me, but I want to die. Well, he kills himself, right? That's no, he said, uh, when death comes, I will welcome yeah, it. Yeah, no, he, does, he doesn't kill himself. He lives... I think it said he lived there for 28 years or 38 years. So he yeah. and only made one diary entry. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you think he'd like write a, a different novel? And then, oh my god! Try to contact people. the aliens. It's like, hey man, could you put me in this where uh, I just have like an endless supply of drugs and sex? <laughs> uh, could you just like put me into that? So please, <laughs> is he reliving the same book every? Day? I think it is, like every day. I, yeah, I think mostly, whether it's over the course of the day, I can't say, but like I think that based on, like the events do repeat themselves. Yeah. Like yep. It's presumable that, and it's not just if you leave and come back in, but like I, I, I would imagine that a lot of the same stuff is, is happening and day by day. Also, he could have been the foreign investor and left yeah. Had, yeah. had he yeah. figured it out. But where would he go? He, th- well, there's, that's the thing is there's this implication, I think, by the end that he never really won the book, at least. Well, it, he wasn't supposed to, right? There's a way to leave the, to actually physically leave the building. But then but, you're, you're in a methane yeah, so, hell. So, yeah, so if, you wanted, if he wanted to kill himself, you know, just oh, that's true. become the foreign investors. There's also the idea, like, how long would it have actually taken a human non-data to win $12.5 million dollars? Uh, gambling and, yeah. and buy the place and then leave, you know, like not this 30 whole, years apparently. So, so there's, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't even do it in 30. So there's not, so there's this sort of, look, this guy was, was dead to rights as soon as he left earth. Yeah. You know, this was a doomed mission. He screwed no matter what. I, they I called actually, it the Charybdis. I blame whoever named <laughs> the ship the Charybdis that, yeah, the Charybdis. Uh, but, but really this, this guy was doomed. His entire crew died. There's this question about, whether it's the aliens fall or whether it was just, you know, kind of happenstance. But these aliens find this guy still alive and with their superior technology and a little sense of guilt, according to his letter, yeah. he, and he, he surmises that they, they build this world where these people, admittedly, like, you know, little shallow, you know, pulpy noir, dete- like people who aren't 100% interesting to talk to all of that much. <laughs> Where they live and breathe, presumably, and can interact with him, and they've sort of built him uh, his own shrine. Like they just his own think, Eden. Yeah, yeah. It's it's supposed to be his Eden, and it's supposed to be because they feel so bad for killing the rest of his crew. Yeah, and one of the things he says in his letter too is like, don't you think it's remarkable that they can read 
but not understand mm. that, that, that it's bad. That it's bad. That it's bad. Or like not maybe they communicate with him. Maybe they could read a book. It, it was just no judgment. You know, <laughs> it might, it, it might, yeah, it might be that because he was unconscious. That, that that's the thing though that I love about this story in this episode too is they they find this written material. Of course, in the Star Trek world, you have a Universal Translator. You can decipher mm. any language just by looking at it written. You know, because the computer is, you know, has that computational power. Yeah, I mean, they're just not passing judgment on what his per- they they found this book on the ship. So they're like, well, this guy must like that. I'm just saying, I- they had thirty years. All they did was read the book and then ditch the dude. Well, yeah. This- Why did they try to? Well, because like, they, do- they, 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 they had done the enough. Book. They had done enough. What? They killed. They killed his old crew, but just by touching him, like by trying to reach yeah, out. Yeah, they didn't like, want to kill him. No, they, yeah, so, but like, they so they put him. In, they put him in a sterile bubble. Maybe they technically. Maybe they have a prime directive. Maybe they really can't uh, actually interfere. Like, like think about. I think it does kind of make sense that they just left him in this little sterile bubble, and it was based on this but book. Even if that's Eden, that's um, kind of horrible. They thought that they, he really liked it. Well, the thing is, it's not even his book. Presume. I mean, it's just a book. It's not identified as being his. But he's like, I just brought this along because I like reading trash on weekends. You know, <laughs> like, no, this was a book that just happened to be like among whatever was left of the shuttle. It was someone else's book. Someone else's book. Like somebody else went on this fateful it's mission. It's just like someone this. finds like your roommate's music on their computer. It's just like, oh man, this guy really likes Macklemore? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm not going to judge, but uh, he's going to have to listen to it for 30 years. That, that's what I love about so much about this sci-fi premises. Like, because you can imagine just being caught somewhere with this book that you don't even care about. But what if somebody was some alien culture takes you away reads into that book as being like what you want and makes a universe out of it that you can live in until you die of old age yeah it's like imagine if archaeologists discover your remains and just like find the trashiest (laughs) shittiest thing that you've ever listened to or watch and for you know your immortality is like this guy uh (laughs) He really liked uh, all Blink this. Blink 182. Cr- he loved Blink 182. <laughs> That's all that he liked. We only know about Blink we only, 182 because... He was Blink 182 man. This man's corpse was cradling these CDs. <laughs> so that's basically the situation this guy was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Mm. I guess, yeah. How? Well, in Galaxy Quest, the aliens... They discover the show Galaxy they, well, Quest. They, and, and they, they think it's real, they think it's real, real and they recreate it. Yeah, 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 yeah actually, yeah. you're right. It's not, it's not that far off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like it. Picard is now like getting this book. Uh, he's able to access it on, on the computer, and he's reading it. He's like, man, this book sucks. Like, I like it, that he's reading it with... Uh, uh, Deanna Troy reading it over his shoulder. Like and they're making go, like, fun page of it the by whole page time. Well, it opens with "It was a dark and stormy night." Yeah, yeah it's just a terrible, <laughs> terrible that book. shot of Picard just sighing. Yeah, awesome. <sighs> yeah, every time they show him interacting with the book, he looks so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a joke. It's funny. It's a good joke. It's, this is why, like, I get I get what you're saying. Like the crappy acting, the second rate characters. Like it's just like now we have to watch this. Is this entertaining? I think it is because ultimately it's it's a joke of this is I, I think a startlingly possible potential future for this poor space you know cadet. You never know what you're you're getting into when you travel the world. They they tried to do something nice for him. He presumably was fed. They had room service right mm-hmm. every night. Yeah, they get a call and they ask for like if they want room service, room, which I assume like, is the how the kitchen he's... is open twenty four hours. So I guess they got some kind of replicator. So that's how he could with. survive you know all those all that time, but. They've essentially built him. I don't want to say it's a shrine, it's a tomb, it's a, it's everything. It's you know, and I, I don't know. That just seems like a really cool sci-fi ending for any person to like. I mean, it sucked for him. It, oh yeah, I it's think a living hell. A, a living hell. It's true, but I mean, 
not unlike the vacuum of space, but I, I think that, you know, for this guy, he grew to accept it or at least, you know, he, he made peace with it in that diary entry. Yeah. yeah. And this is what, like, Picard and Troy, like, they're trying to figure out how to get him out. And they're like, well, we can just, like, do, cut the bubble with a phaser or something. But that would immediately kill them. Yeah. So there's like a 12 second chance. Uh, yeah. That, and, 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 uh, the window's uh, too small. Though. And, uh, who is it? Uh, Diana Moldar's character, uh, Pulaski, uh, can, just shows up suddenly. Uh, yeah. So she has like one line. She can, she can like maybe revive them. Like she's like, I might be able to, I can do it. It's never been done before. <laughs> in theory. I in think theory. Yes. That's in theory. Yeah. Uh, so the only way out is to like solve the puzzle of this text adventure that they're stuck in. So this is when the episode goes from pretty good to great. Oh, God. oh come on. This, this is, is like this the, is when the they episode, hit the nitrous button now. This is when the episode goes from stun to kill, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so they're Picard and Troy, you know, they're reading the book and they're like, oh, maybe it's gonna get better. It it does not get better. But they kind of figure out like what uh the deal of the book is. And in order to break through, data's like well, how about we just kind of like blend in with everybody and learn something? He goes back to the blackjack table and, you know, talks to Texas and he tries to get Texas to get take him to his car outside the hotel. That's that a pr- that's a pretty cool idea, right? That if is a pretty good because yeah. they, you know, I don't know if they've seen Mickey D come and leave yet, but the characters might be able to get out versus, you know, especially if it happens in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we do find is that this young lady that Texas is with is in trouble. And mm-hmm. Texas is uh, trying to help her She's win money. Squandering her inheritance. Yeah. Uh, playing blackjack. <laughs> yeah, and like I've this done is, that. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, we we see like him playing blackjack again, and it doesn't really come up in the you know final scene. I, I don't really get why they keep playing blackjack instead of craps. I have no idea how craps works. Maybe that's why. Yeah, it's a complicated. I don't think anyone really normally plays it. Uh, Data does. Though. Data does apparently, uh, but. Before that happens, Mickey D comes in. Oh, I forgot all about like this super part. 80s. Yeah, this is the Carlitos main plot of the way. book. Yeah. Well, actually, interestingly, Mickey D is supposedly the narrator of, yes. of the book itself, which is an interesting fact that like he's in it so little. The aliens really spent. I think the aliens really spent a lot of time building this world. Then, because you bring to life characters like Texas, you mentioned some of the NPCs, like you can't even talk to them or whatever. But I, I doubt that. Only the talking people in the world are the only people with dialogue in the book. I think they actually kind of are a little bit more yeah. imbued with life than perhaps the book would even. They have motives. Yeah. yeah. And they're talking, they're arguing about this Rita character, and Picard is listening you in. You feed her sickness. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like, this is terrible dialogue. This is really bad. Uh, Mickey D kills the bellboy, because that's what happens in the book. And Shoots him in the back. Women are not worth dying for. But they're kid. worth killing for. Killing for. Yeah. Not dying for. <laughs> and That's wh- awesome. Yeah. I would have that would have been in an old <laughs> Batman comic book. <laughs> dun, bun, bun, yeah, and then we get the sax solo as uh, Mickey D walks backwards through the revolving door, which he knows how it works. <laughs> yeah. He does, <laughs> He's doing he tricks. Does know and Riker's just like doing tricks on his way Riker's out. like, how did he leave? And <laughs> Picard's like, well, it's written in the book. So that's the one thing that we find out now. Things that are written in the book can actually happen. Yeah. Right. Well, that sets the parameters of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells them at the end of the novel, the hotel's bought out. It's not really explained how. So it can be anything in your so it's open-ended in the world. Yeah. This is great. We just know that foreign investors buy out the hotel. Technically, uh, the away team here is foreign. So 
Riker Wharf and Data, they just got to raise $12.5 million in order to get home. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. yeah, and Riker's just like, that's how we're getting out. And he like immediately gets into his you know, swashbuckling-type character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go to the craps table. And this is where Data explains craps. I don't really understand how it works. I, I still don't know. Sevens yes. are good. Only if you roll them first. So I think in craps you roll in rounds. Okay. Uh, and if you roll like a seven in the first round, you everybody wins. But... Then it's like based on what you roll, you want to roll other numbers. That's about all I know. Yeah, it's like Yahtzee, but a lot. It, more they go through like five minutes of explaining probability and dice, yeah. and I'm super bored. Uh, <laughs> what What's important to know is Texas is there, the lady is there, and Data is just killing it at craps. But he's able to do it because he realizes the dice are imbalanced. Perfect, absolute perfect, like little nuance there. And like, he crushes them in their hand in his hand a little bit to uh, make them balanced, and then he's like amazing. Well, then nice. he can, yeah. Roll specific numbers. It's just yeah. like this crooked hotel royale to weight their dice. Like I don't even yeah. know if that's a uh, in the novel, right, but like right. it's totally the essence of this place. Yeah. yeah, think about it. And data rolling dice is awesome. He's snapping. Yeah, he's got moves. <laughs> yeah, he says that he needs a new pair of <laughs> shoes. He smirks <laughs> a couple times. It's great. He's yeah. having fun. Yeah. So making uh, that money. They're winning every. Also. You'd be so kicked out of a casino. Oh, immediately. Yeah, because they're just winning every single roll. Oh, yeah, but they're not yeah. doing it right because Picard points out, he's yes. like, hey, you can't just raise $12.5 million because it says in the book that uh, they are flamboyantly generous. So you got to be flamboyant. Can you can you do that, Riker? <laughs> Riker's it's a real like, challenge for Riker. <laughs> yeah. So he's spreading all the money around. and uh, I wonder what would have happened. That's, that's a good warning from Picard, like, if you're not in character, if they didn't stay in character, they would have got shot. Yeah, you got a LARP. <laughs> you got a LARP hard, dude. <laughs> Texas bets against them though, and then uh, Data's yeah. like, "I would not do that." <laughs> Why are you doing in this? In no uncertain terms. Yeah, he <laughs> just like, tells. Him, I have rolled perfect every single time to rolls, raise twelve million. Yeah, he rolls perfectly, and Texas is like, "Oh." I hate you. Horse racing nerds. Yeah, he says some Texas stuff, and uh, <laughs> he's mad. But then they, you know, they raise the proper amount of money, a little over, and they spread all the money around. And then Texas is like, I changed my mind. I like you. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, they buy the hotel. Um, they're, they just hand it to the like, assistant they just, manager. Apparently, this is how you buy a hotel, is you hand it to the assistant manager. It is pointed out. He is yeah. not the manager. Yeah. And you they just hand a pile of chips A bunch to of chips. <laughs> it's mine now. Well, yep. he does say you broke the bank. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells them, uh, so they buy it, and they say, don't change the dice. And they're finally able to leave. They go through the revolving doors, and they're able to beam back up. Figured it out. Yep. And back in the ship, Riker's talking to Picard. And Riker's like, I don't understand like how this ship made it that far. There, I'm still confused about that too. Mm-hmm. And Picard's like, well, you know, maybe the aliens that built it also brought them there, much like Fermat's last theorem. <laughs> huh? You remember that? You Actually, remember it's that much like bit? Caretaker and Voyager, the pilot. Uh, uh, yeah, these that's aliens right. are these aliens really are a lot like that guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but that, then they're like, it's just a mystery. I guess we'll never be able to solve it. Hmm. <laughs> Until and, and 1996. Yeah, until until 1996. <laughs> or five. Yeah. It might be or five. Yeah, yeah. But but the um but really though, in in summary or in conclusion, like I think that this I totally buy that the aliens took him out to this planet, right? This this inhospitable sure. mostly not for it to be inhospitable, but because he'd be protected. 
They build, they have the technology somehow to make these characters who aren't human, who aren't don't exhibit life signs, but yet are you can talk to them. I mean, presumably. it's just AI. They're AI, but you know? they're not robotic necessarily. No. They're made out of who knows light. They could yeah. be holograph, you know, type. It's like whatever's in the holodeck. But you can interact with them. You can presumably sleep with them. You know, this Richie was there for thirty eight years. Lived, didn't die in space. It's perfectly like awesome that these aliens take him to this planet where no one will ever disturb him so that he can be in peace in his Eden. If they have the power to take him anywhere, why not just bring him home? Maybe they can't. They have all this power, and they feel guilty. Send the man home! They can't break the prime directive. Humans didn't know about aliens yet. Yeah, they're they're pretty well. We don't know if these aliens have a prime directive. I'm assuming they do. I'm assuming there is all higher intelligences. But they took the human. Well, they screwed up, right? They presumably yeah. they didn't know. I'm going off of the caretaker theory right now, which is it's a very shared idea in caretaker that, uh, like, not to spoil it, it's the pilot episode of Voyager. But um, he accidentally depletes a planet's resources and then for thousands of years uh, devotes himself to protecting this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and shit, they live underground. He uh, sends them energy so they can so they don't need to worry about a thing because he feels guilty. For yeah. like thousands and thousands of years. Like imagine you're picking apples and you shake the tree and you knock a baby bird from a nest. Uh, oh, good point. You know, you can't put it back. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> you, you have to raise that bird like you gotta raise your own. that bird now, and uh, you don't know how to do it. Uh, <laughs> you can't regurgitate food into its mouth. That's right. No, that's true. Um, so this is perfect. You, it is you perfect. screw up. <laughs> like, but you're trying your best. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't you do this on purpose. <laughs> Well, I think this is a great time to rate the episode. All right. Eric, if we thought it was amazing, must watch Star Trek. We set it to kill. If it was, mm, okay, comes up in the queue, check it out. Uh, we set to stun. And if it was horrible, avoid at all costs. No reason to watch. We leave it in the holster. Let's start with Patrick. What did you think? I wouldn't say no reason to watch. <laughs> so I'm not going to set, you know, leave it in the holster. I would set to stun. Mm. I mean... My issue with it is this, like, it's purposefully bad, and Mm -hmm. I understand why it is, but you still have to watch a purposefully terrible plot. But so much of TNG seasons one and two is just bad. I know. That, like, when an episode like this tries to... (laughs) winks at how bad it is. Tries to play off The problem, like, even when they did it, it's just like, they kept showing all this stuff. It's like, is it this terrible? It's like, yeah, I get it. We know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's commentary on poor writing. It's ca- you can learn a lot from watching this episode. I, I, I don't know. I think they could have cut a lot of it down or have the guy just be there. Have Colonel Ritchie in there trying to survive. Oh. And I think that would have been better. Yeah. You know, they cool. would have, right off the bat, you wouldn't have this mystery of like, what the hell is this? You're just a guy in there. I am in hell. Please <laughs> kill me. <laughs> Help me. I've been trapped in this novel for 38 years. <laughs> like that, that would actually be interesting. I would like that to see cool. how this guy would be coping with it, you know, 30 years into this. Mm-hmm. Just but like, they didn't do that. Just like Riker did. He knew all the ladies' names by the end of the episode. <laughs> he <did>. Yeah, <laughs> he did. That is true. I forgot about that. Even the ones that didn't talk back to them. Yeah, yeah. he, he just, just made up names. names. Yeah. Yeah. And you're Susie and you're Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eric, what did you think? Kill. Set to kill? Set to kill. Damn! 100%. This is why I asked to do this. I love this episode. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it really, for some reason, this episode for me means a lot more than I think it should even. 
mostly because of the the premise and the reveal about these alien benefactors who thought they were doing good by this dude, mm-hmm. you know. But he says they can't imagine the hell they put me through. Planet. <laughs> I just I like that because sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we shake a tree and, mm-hmm. and don't realize it's going to knock a bird out. And you know, I, so I thought it was very very much metaphor for the human uh, condition. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say you get. What did you guys say about the Measure of Man unloading a clip set to kill? Yeah, like, man. Yeah. I don't know if Phaser's got clips, but <laughs> but uh, Measure of Man. But but, but no, this is this is really solid kill. I think it's probably one of my favorite um, episodes of TNG ever. Eric, I'm gonna give it a set to stun. Okay, but it's hard for me because all of these themed episodes, I'm a sucker for. Mm. You know where they go back in time, or um, I'll do a Deep Space Nine one to, to not ruin it for Patrick, but like. Oh shit! You watch the baseball it. one? Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, they go and they play baseball together. Like I always love them. Uh, uh, Fistful of Data was one of my favorite. I, episodes. I like that one too. Yeah, Sheriff. Uh, and I think this Worf. is almost there, but it is missing. It has the fun, but none of the purpose of those episodes. You know, like I feel like it's missing, uh, like a good story. <laughs> <laughs> to Patrick's point, it's missing like the good story part of it. But it's fun. It's a good time. I laugh a lot. I love watching Data Gamble. I could. I want to make those into gifts. I think you're gonna see a series of gifts for, uh, on my Twitter of oh, him please. rolling he rolls dice. Really weird. He's really cool. Yeah, that's the way you should roll dice if you want to win twelve point five million. I guess crowds. so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> he snaps a lot. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else we want to say about the episode? Checking my notes. I don't. I don't think I. Have yeah, else. I think I've said my piece. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, Eric, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, well, I, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I also want to uh, tell your listeners uh, to check out the uh, improvised Star Trek podcast, uh, which I have just a blast editing uh, with some of the other uh, guys out there. Uh, improvised Star Trek, if you're not already listening, it's great. It's completely for this audience. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and every other audience ever. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, good comedy. Uh, and if you want to uh, find me on Twitter, uh, which is where I spend most of my time now, uh, in addition to my podcast, MuggleCast, twitter.com slash Spielerman, S-P-I-E-L-E-R-M-A-N. Um, you can find me on there. Yeah, of course. It's a great show. I, I love this episode, so I'm so glad I got to talk, <laughs> so glad I got to talk about it. I really enjoyed it. And I'm happy that you were here because I feel like Patrick would have pulled me down into the muck too much. Yeah, man, that's my job. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been able to get to keep it. you balanced. You got to wallow down here. <laughs> get in that mud. Patrick, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, keep listening to Patrick. Uh, thank you so much, all of you that listen. Uh, we are wrapping up Politics Off on election night um, oh, this year. It, it's, yeah, it's just been a slog. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to do a news show. But we're going to go out with a live event. Uh, we're thinking Facebook Live. Uh, we will keep you posted. Uh, but we will be covering Election Night Live. And uh, that'll be our final episode. So stay tuned for that. Very cool. And uh, I am wrapping up Making New Friends as well. Uh, I've probably dropped, by the time this came out, two parts of a multi-part finale. Uh, maybe one part. I don't know. Math is hard. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Check out Dungeon Rats. It's on Mondays on the uh, one-shot Twitch stream. Uh, it's an interactive dungeon crawl where I ask the chat for suggestions and we throw it at the, the players. It's really fun. 8.15 on Mondays on Twitch. And follow me on Twitter at PatLikesTweet because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peace.
Peaches, hot sauce, 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 peaches, hot sauce